Welcome to the She Yearns Podcast. I am Cherry Strange, and I am so thankful you have joined us today. Thank you for being a part of this community. The She Yearns community exists to lead women to desire more of God in everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Welcome to the podcast. We find ourselves in the middle of our series, More Than a Blur, Making Motherhood Matter. Today we're talking about the secret to embracing motherhood without letting go of yourself. Not everybody jumps into becoming a mom, leaving whatever roles, experiences, and ranks they had before with enthusiasm. I know people who aspire to become a mom and a wife. It's just how they're wired. Glory to God. I have a daughter like this. She's already got it all planned out. And really, what she does between now and then doesn't matter much to her. She is longing for the day when she has her own family, her own dog, her own husband, and her own children. Honestly, I am about 180 degrees different from her. In spite of what it might look like to anyone who takes a quick glance at me and my herd, I am not hardwired for motherhood. I have had to work at it quite a bit. In fact, Chad and I were married for years before we ever considered children. It wasn't on our academic calendar. or agenda. When the time arrived, it was a difficult adjustment for me. I liked my life. I enjoyed my career. My husband and I were very happy without children. My time, I enjoyed my body. Babies have a tendency to change all that. Then before I knew it, literally, there was another one. And I had two in diapers while I was working, while I was going to school, with a spouse who was gone a lot. And there was a sense of loss, loss of who I was as an individual on the inside. I had the feeling that I was sort of losing one identity to choose another. That was who I was before. This is who I am now. And I wasn't sure I wanted the exchange. What I needed was someone a few years down the road telling me and demonstrating with their life how to navigate this transition to motherhood without losing myself. But I didn't have anyone like that at the time. Instead, I made some wrong turns. I changed directions a few times and I took the long road. (laughs) But God allowed me this route, I believe, for your benefit rather than let you feel your own way in the dark down lonely roads that lack fulfillment and satisfaction. If any of this resonates thus far, let me pass along what I've learned the hard way. I believe this is the secret to embracing motherhood without letting go of yourself. Finding your identity in Christ. This is the secret because it binds my identity to a person rather than a position. How can you and I know, really know, in the marrow of our bones, who we are in Christ and why it makes all the difference? The best or most thorough yet concise place we learn about our personal identity as a believer is found in Ephesians 1. We don't have time to do it justice. Honestly, Beth Moore wrote a study on it years ago called Believing God. It literally changed my life because it took me where I am taking you today. But we camped there. So, if you find yourself in great need in this area, like I did, Believing God by Beth Moore, Game Changer. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says this, 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm He has given us. That is one thing. Verse 4, Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. He chose us. So we are already chosen, and we are to be holy and blameless before Him. So we're already set apart. So there's a lot in that verse. Verse 5, In love He predestined destined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Already that is just packed full of who we are. We are predestined for adoption to himself and it's according to his purpose and will. So you can see there's just a lot in there and it just continues. In verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us. There's just so much forgiveness that he just throws upon us. That just means so much to who we are and how we are connected to him as a person. And then verse 11, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. If these promises and assurances are true, just those alone, I am free to be or do what society deems is not important or valuable. I am free to leave a job that is valued for a role that is not appreciated, not even by me some days, because God called me to it. And it has nothing to do with who I am in Christ, that job, that position. Nothing in that passage said anything about my position on this planet, only my position in Him. You and I really need to get this in the marrow of our bones, that we are not connected to a position, but to a person. That is key. Finding my identity in Christ also affirms a pursuit of excellence in the office of motherhood. God does not call believers to mediocrity. You can't find it. In fact, the Bible speaks clearly to the contrary. In Colossians, we find this verse, and whatever you do in word or deed, you know this, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's 317. Some reason, we discount it when it comes to this area. For some reason, we don't apply it here. And then Luke says this, Luke 16, 10, one who is faithful and very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest and very little is also dishonest in much. There is a connection there. And then Proverbs says this in 24, those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. Just pointing out there's a connection between lazy is as lazy does. <laughs> and then we have the Proverbs 31 women. There's so many verses in this one chapter that talk about how we are supposed to represent our daily life. She seeks wool and flax, verse 13, and works with willing hands. She is like the ship of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She's taking care of people. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. This is verse 21. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Down to verse 24. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. She looks well to the ways of her household. She does not eat the bread of idleness. 
Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. This is a picture of a woman who embraces her role with excellence. Motherhood is a high calling and there's a lot wrapped up in it. We tend to vote with society too often in our daily attitudes, actions, and vision for what could be. Somehow we miss this biblical model. We just miss it. Truth be told, we have no idea what God might have us do in, through, or because of this particular juncture of life that we may feel is less than optimal. Not every step we take leads us to the destination we intended to go. And for this, I for one am grateful. Gladys Aylward is another. Gladys Aylward was born in 1902. This young woman had her heart set on moving to China and becoming a missionary, but the China Inland Mission Organization to which she applied found her unqualified. Unqualified. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced rejection due to your skills or lack of ability, but that's what it was for Gladys. And there weren't 10 other organizations like there are today to which she could apply. This was sort of it. Somehow, she didn't let the calling die out in her discouragement. She learned of a missionary in China asking for an assistant to come help them. She saved her money and purchased a one-way ticket to China. That's a pretty bold move. She arrived and began working with this older female missionary. And they worked together in a place called the Inn of Eight Happinesses. When the men would be traveling across the mountains driving mules, they needed a place to stop for the night. They would prepare a meal for them and tell them a story. The men would spread the word that there were some there was food and a place to sleep and stories from two devils which was a Bible story. But within a few months, the older missionary died. Gladys was left alone to carry on the ministry, which she wasn't planning on doing. And in about two years of her doing this, there was an incident at a nearby prison. A riot among the prisoners broke out, which has nothing to do with her. And the guards wouldn't even intervene. It was so violent. The warden sent for Gladys, telling her she must go in and stop the riots. She saw the men running around killing each other with knives and the dead lying around. And she said, why me? Why don't you send in the soldiers? And the warden said to her, the men will kill them for sure. But we hear you tell people God lives inside of you. And if this is true, he will protect you when you go inside. She stared at the guards and the warden intently and then said to them, all right, open the gates. So terrified, she couldn't move. Once inside the barracks, one of the men came up to her and stopped. And then another one stopped and he held a bloody axe and another man stopped and then another. And they all seemed to be saying, what in the world are you doing here? Suddenly, Gladys found courage and she yelled, give me the axe to the prisoner. And he did because she noticed they were in rags and she could see their ribs as if they hadn't had enough food for a long time. They just looked terrible. Instead of being afraid of them, she began to have compassion for them. She told them she'd been sent by the war to find out why they were fighting. And in a few minutes, they answered, they didn't know, but they knew they were hungry and they were bored. They didn't have anything to do. So she told them if they promised to stop fighting, take care of the wounded and bury the dead, she would see what she could do. 
Then she spoke to the warden, telling them that the men needed work to do. They needed to be able to earn wages for food and for clothing and for respect. That should take care of the problems and that she would be back to inspect the progress every day. This earned her respect in the area, and she began taking in orphans. Orphans would show up to the House of Eight Happinesses. And within a few years, war came to the area, and she had to flee the country. But later she returned and started the Gladys Elward Orphanage, taking in up to 100 orphans. This is how an unqualified missionary, who wasn't even a mom, became a mom to an untold many, spending her life well until she died the year I was born. This is a life of excellence well lived. Not what she intended, not what she likely planned on doing with her years on this planet, but praise God, he does better planning than we can fathom. Our problem is not that we trust him for too much. It's that we believe him for far too little. What if you began to think of this season of your life in the middle of goldfish, maybe sippy cups or math homework and carpooling as a season of excellence rather than hurdles to jump over to get to the real business of your life? The other reason this secret is so fundamental to embracing motherhood without letting go of yourself is this. Finding my identity in Christ strengthens me to overcome, period. Sometimes life is more than we bargained for or wanted or ever envisioned, not in a storybook way, more like a drama with tragic interludes. This can become more burdensome to navigate than the loss of identity, but this loss can also get all wrapped up together with the burdens and you get buried alive under it all. You begin to forget who you are and have no idea how you're going to get through the mess. A few years ago, I was in a place where I was unhappy with the calling and all the responsibility I was dealing with in my life. And I only had a couple of kids. Now, that's comical today. I was working, going to school, doing everything at home. I had two small children and my husband was busy attending to his business and I didn't have any friends. I was really frustrated and there was a lot of pressure on me to perform at excellence level. Frankly, it wasn't fair. And this crazy, chaotic lifestyle really didn't fit my skill set at all. I like clean lines and pretty spaces. I prefer to do one thing at a time, do it very well, and then move on. But that that wasn't really happening. It wasn't possible. I was doing many things. I don't like to think about how well. All at the same time. And it was very frustrated. In fact, I hated it. I wasn't managing anything well, and it left me stressed with a lack of contentment and joy in all things. It wasn't fair. <laughs> I had helped my spouse go through school. He was able to do one thing, do it very well, so well he won awards, and then move on. Four years, like more than a decade, but not me. I didn't even know what I was capable of, just if I'd had a moment to focus, honestly. On this particular day, I can't remember the circumstances, but my girls were napping at my mother-in-law's house, but I don't know why she wasn't there. While we were there and they were resting, I decided I could make myself useful and put up her Christmas tree so 
that it would be done when she returned. I had helped with it before, so this was not a problem. I opened the box, separated the pieces, and took out the base. It was round. It's got a round base, and there are four metal legs with curvy grooves. They were to fit in each quarter of the base, and then they you screwed them into place. Then there was a round metal top providing a solid surface for those legs to fit in and meet together. Then the tree would fit nicely and securely in the middle of that and stand upright. You can't begin putting the literal tree up and adding the branches until the base is secure. I went to work. I placed each leg in its place in the bottom circle, screwed it all in, and tried to put the top on it. It just wouldn't come together. I tried, and I tried, and I tried. I moved the pieces around. I squeezed as hard as I could. Just as soon as I'd secure one side, the other side would pop out. I just couldn't do it. It was so frustrating. I tried over and over again. I realized it wasn't the Christmas tree stand. It was my life. That was it. I had a crying fit in the middle of the floor. Nothing was working. This was not what I envisioned for my life. No one understood and no one cared. And I didn't know what to do or how to get okay with it all. I'm sure you can understand. And so in a little while after I'd had my moment, never accepting defeat when possible, I picked up the dadgum pieces of that Christmas tree stand. And this time I needed a different approach because that one wasn't working. This time I took one leg at a time, adding the screw, I placed it in the top and turned the screw gently, just a time or two, just very gently. And then I moved to the next one and I did the same thing. I moved around just very gently, very slowly, keeping all the pieces out at the same time. And it was a little messy and discombobulated and you had to kind of keep all the pieces out at the same time. I kept circling and kept circling with all those pieces out until it came together. And that's when I had the aha moment. <laughs> it was like the Holy Spirit was using that little Christmas tree stand to reveal something in my life with this exercise, saying to my heart something like this, this is your problem, Cherry. <laughs> You want to put all the pieces together instantly and move on. But your life will not work like that. It will fall apart like the tree stand. I know it's frustrating. I know you don't like it or feel equipped to handle the mess of it all. But this is the design for your life. And it is beautiful to me. Yes, there are many things happening at once. And lots of pegs that need to be screwed in over and over while you keep circling, doing all the other things you are doing. I need you to understand it is purposeful. Just like this Christmas tree stand, what I'm going to do in your life won't stand up unless we do it my way. Well, through that experience, I believe God was calling me to trust Him, that He knows me better than I know myself, that He can strengthen me to overcome even myself as an obstacle, that He can enable me to be and do more than I would ever attempt on my own power. And that's absolutely true. It doesn't matter how I feel about it. God's word says he can do and will do what he says he can and will do. This incident I had with the tree stand reminded me of the discussion Jesus had with Peter after the resurrection on the shore. Jesus has given instructions to Peter about his life and Peter says to Jesus, what about him? Meaning John, the disciple. That's sort of like me being unhappy with 
how God was orchestrating my life compared to the man I live with? What about him, Lord? He didn't have to keep all the drawers open and juggle so many plates like this girl. Isn't that just like us? We are always comparing ourselves to someone else we think is experiencing greener grass or living the life we should be living if only God understood our gifts and our desires and our abilities. How does Jesus respond to Peter? In John 21, 21 and 22, this is what we find. Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. You follow me. There's really no other qualifiers, are there? He wants you to follow him. He will give you the strength to do and be whatever he says you are to do or be, to overcome. That is the beauty of finding our identity in Christ. As I think back on that simple life illustration, I laugh. This girl who desperately needs clean lights, tidy spaces, and order just drove 3,500 miles across the country. I wrote one episode of the podcast in the car in Louisiana. I recorded it in a hotel in Nashville. I posted one in Kentucky. I wrote this one on the road to Chicago and edited it between St. Louis and Tulsa. In the meantime, Chad spoke at a family camp and we picked up a daughter in Grand Rapids, made a hospital visit in Detroit and spent 24 hours with another daughter all the way in Oklahoma City. If the Lord had not been preparing this rigid, linear, organized girl who does not like chaos at all, how to manage a life that requires all this, I would fail. There would be no fruit Life would be simply happening around me and I would disappear. But that is not God's design for you or for me. He calls and equips us to overcome. Your story will look different than mine. Some of the women I've talked with lately are right here. Let me say, knowing who you are in Christ is critical when life is happening around you. To hear of the faithfulness of God when the bottom seems to drop out in the middle of mom life is consistent with what the Bible tells us our God will do exactly when we need him. No matter what your circumstances, God knows them and he's right in the middle of your present situation. He will give you his strength to overcome whatever you are facing. I don't know what you're facing or with what you are struggling in this season of life. What I do know is that your worth, your satisfaction, your yearnings for fulfillment are all found in Christ. Don't take the long road. Go straight to the source for this one. You are who he says you are. Through every season of life, in every disappointment, in every hurt, in every turn of events, when you and I define who we are according to Christ, we are free to embrace this season of motherhood without letting go of us. That, my friend, is a secret worth sharing with everyone you meet. That's it for this week's edition of our series, More Than a Blur, Making Motherhood Matter. I look forward to being with you again next time. Thank you again for tuning in today. We will be releasing a new episode every week. I would invite you to become a subscriber. And it really makes a difference when you share something here that you find helpful or encouraging. You make an impact. You may never understand the value or difference your suggestion or encouragement made in the life of a friend or casual acquaintance just by passing a resource along. So please share what you find here with others. I would personally be grateful. Don't hesitate to like us on Facebook or Twitter or leave a review. For more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful encouragement, please go to www.sheyearns.com. 
where you will find reading plans, articles, and other resources to help stir a desire for God into your everyday life.